Welcome to Women and Manufacturing, where accomplished women interview accomplished women. Hello and welcome to the Riveting Exchange Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Olson, and I am here with my co-host today, Desiree Grace. You want to say hello? Hello, everyone. We're looking forward to speaking with everyone about our topic of delegation. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a little delegation how-to today. And, you know, the one thing that we started in our preliminary discussion about this podcast was the fact that so many people not only delegate wrong, but they also view it wrong. Absolutely. I think people have this perception that delegating is offloading work and what they what they may need to reframe their their mindset around is that it's not offloading work, but instead it's creating opportunities. And, you know, we've talked about this many times in our other podcast topics that women in particular like to present themselves as capable, they have a can-do attitude, and they're very hesitant to say no. And there's also a tendency in general to try to be superwoman. And as a corollary to that, Andrea, you and I have talked, a lot of women, therefore, are hesitant to delegate. And we're going to explore that today, but we do believe that in some sense, it is because the perception is, oh, I can't get it all done, so I've got to delegate, when what in many cases you're doing when you delegate is you're creating opportunities. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, completely. You know, delegation is almost an opportunity for training. You know, when you say opportunity, it makes me think, you're giving another employee the opportunity to learn something new, expand their skills, be empowered. And the most successful leaders that we've seen and known are all really effective delegators. You know, they get all these things done, and you wonder how they have the time and capacity to do it. And it's really because they delegate. They really effectively delegate. And it, it shows and reflects leadership. I think that's the one of the big things that uh, sometimes women in business overlook is that, to your point, it's not about doing it all yourself and having that hyper control, but really empowering others because that's how you can be perceived as a leader, and that's actually how you get up the food chain. Absolutely. And, you know, if you want to talk about getting up the food chain, you need to groom your successor. And you need to have a successor in place if you want to move up. And part of the way you can do that is when you create opportunities for your team to develop. And you don't just delegate because someone's really skilled at financials or really skilled at event planning. You might be delegating because you're wanting them to close gaps in their skill set or build their network. There are multiple reasons to delegate that are going to create a desired outcome. So, you know, maybe someone needs to interface more with the finance department, so you delegate a role on a team where they're interfacing with the finance department. Or maybe they're not very good at reading financial statements, and if they're going to move up and going to make it easier for you to move up, 
you might delegate an opportunity where they can learn a new skill. You know, and it's also that mentality of staying at a higher level, staying at the strategic level for your department or even your organization. Because sometimes we get mired in the tasks. We start looking at all the things on the checklist and saying, okay, our value is based on the quantities of the things we can get done. And when you're talking about engaging with the C-suite, there is some value to saying we accomplished these things, but that is a higher level discussion. And you can't walk into those situations having that checklist of showing the quantity of things that you've accomplished from a tactical perspective. You have to come in with that strategic bent. And the only effective way to do that is to empower your team to be leaders within their own space. It requires delegation. And it's not about kicking down the crap work, right, that we were talking about earlier. We talked about <laughs> the fact that this, how, this happens all the time. You say, okay, give it to the intern. They're going to do this data entry. They're going to do, you know, something that is, is mundane and just monotonous. And that's not really empowering them, and it's not adding value to their experience and skill set. And how important is it to get that done? Is there a better way to do it? The delegation key there is to say, not do this task, but how can this task be, can be done better, more effectively, more efficiently, and have them solve problems? I mean, to me, that's the key to delegation is not delegating tasks, but delegating challenges and having them create a new way to address it. Well, yeah, if you really want to develop people, you can say, look, this is the desired outcome you figure out how to get the desired outcome. And when we have our cadence meetings, because you do need to make sure things are tracking and get done when they need to get done, but also yeah. have those meetings to find out, you know, do I need to run interference? Do I need to provide tools? Do I need to remove hurdles? And even if there is that <clears throat> crap work, and Andrea and I are paraphrasing uh, because I shared with her a comment one of my students said about an intern experience. So we, we cleaned mm -hmm. it up for the airwaves. Um, you could also mix high value and low value opportunities in that assignment. And, and here's the other corollary to this too. And Andrea, you and I have talked about this. When you're looking at employee retention, you need to have your employees and your team members feel that you are investing in their future. And if an right. organization, nonprofit, for-profit, doesn't matter, small company, large company, if you are investing in employee development, those employees are going to feel engaged, they're going to feel appreciated, and they're going to be excited to come to work. Right, right. You know, yeah, who wants to do the crap work? Nobody wants to do the crap work. And crap work oftentimes isn't really adding value to the organization. You know, it's the outcome of the crap work. So it's a matter of how can that be eliminated, changed, to your point, outcomes. Yeah, and but, you know, that, that kind of does bring us to something we, we should talk about. There is uh, – low-value, mundane, not engaging, quote-unquote, crap work. And then yeah. there are some things, there are certain things that you should not delegate because it goes into the bucket of 
don't ask somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And there are certain things as a leader you have to step up and handle yourself. Oh, completely. Um, you know, I, I I won't go into detail, but um, my my husband works for an organization where the man in charge delegates anything unpleasant to his right hand person, and so she gets dealt all the uh, tasks that involve employee discipline, crucial conversations about performance, and work. And that has not created great morale. So, for example, I mean, you know, if we're going to terminate an employee, you know, nobody wants it to get to that. But if it does, that's not something you delegate. Right, right. I mean, that's what the the true nature of a leader is, is dealing with the hard things that other people can't and shouldn't deal with. You know, that's an effective leader. An effective leader has to face the biggest, toughest things. You know, that could be a firing. That could be a discipline of an employee to your extent. That might be making a hard decision and closing a department. That could be a lot of different things. And that's something where if you kick that can down the road, I mean, how do your employees even respect you out of the gate with that? Yeah, I mean, if you've got a conversation with a customer where you've got to deliver bad news, and yeah. you go hide in your office, shut the door, and pretend you're on a conference call, that is sending a horrible message to your team. It's sending a horrible message to the customer. And you, you, you have to – those are the types of situations where you have to ask yourself, is it appropriate for me as a leader to take charge of this conversation? And one of the things you do have to ask yourself is, is it highly unpleasant or highly political or the person receiving this message is important, like a customer who's being told we're not going to make a delivery date, hypothetically. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones you do have to be involved in. But, you know, maybe we should move on to those are some of the don'ts of delegation you know don't hand off the really unpleasant stuff but you know I think too and you and I talked about this previously I think we we kind of want to migrate to some of the do's of delegation but you know sometimes it's more work to delegate oh it is it is because you're spending a lot more people time you're spending more people time because there is an oftentimes an education curve it requires a lot more information when you're talking about delegation. You're not just saying, hey, fill out this form, uh, complete this job. They need to understand the higher-level strategy of what they're trying to accomplish. And that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. explanation. Oftentimes that might be coaching. Uh, you know, I've seen employees that I have delegated to, uh, and this is personal experience, where uh, you gave them a challenge. You said, this is what we want to accomplish. This is the outcome. And, you know, a few days go by, a week goes by, and you check in. You know, you say, hey, how have things been going? You know, do you have any obstacles? Do you have any questions? And I've frequently seen that people who have typically not been delegated to 
struggle with identifying a solution, and they don't want to communicate the fact that they're struggling. They don't want to say that they can't do it because they haven't had that exercise of problem solving. They haven't been empowered. And so you have to spend more time trying to talk through and get them to the point where they're in practice of actually being delegated to. It, it feels kind of crazy. Uh, no, I would agree. You know, they're, they're setting expectations. Um, to some degree, there is giving them, you know, boundaries with what they can and can't do. Um, but you, you do want to stretch people so that they grow, and you also want them to feel like if they make a mistake, it's okay, or if they try something out of the box or new, it's okay. And, you know, maybe that's where you, as a delegator, to your point, Andrea, you do set expectations of the results you want. Maybe you set expectations around, hey, communication, you know, we're going to have a monthly update or I want you to send me a couple bullet points each week. Um, or, you know, these are the people I suggest you engage with on this project. Mm-hmm. You know, you can give them some direction, but you don't want to micromanage and you don't want to take back the project either. Right. Oh, yeah. right. That's even that, worse because that's morale. You know, that's just makes you feel terrible. You know, as an employee, yeah. it, it signifies failure. And it also signifies the fact that, okay, my boss is going to give me something, but then they're going to take it back if I'm not meeting their expectations. So I don't know if that means my job's at risk. I have no frame of reference on what or why. Was it a time issue? Was it a scope issue? And then they never learned anything. So, when you build a team of just people that are tactical and you're delegating these, you know, very specific things, or you give them a big challenge and just say, hey, just go do a good job, you're never going to get the results you want. And those people are never going to actually be a really great, solid right-hand man. They're not growing. They're just, you know, somewhat robots in the sense that, you know, they're just filling out um, the basic needs of what that department or organization requires and not really looking at the big picture. Well, and, you know, that is a case where there are some people that you can coach them up, but it's also a case where you may see when you delegate an opportunity how the delegatee responds, if they do have leadership potential or not. You know, um, I'll give you an example when uh, I interviewed for a role in a previous position, I knew it was between me and another candidate. And they said, hey, yeah. you know, tell us how you'd handle this account. We'll call it account X. And sure. I was sitting there thinking, I said, I'm not going to just tell you how I'm going to handle account X. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to handle my first 120 days on the job. Yeah. So I sent yeah. them, you know, basically – you know, an action plan for my first 120 days on the job that included customer X. I got the job, but basically um, I kind of drafted the the scope of my first 120 days on the job. And as, as time went on and I realized that um, – the leadership, they, they came out of engineering, marketing did not play to their strengths. So ah. in a lot of cases, I would, you know, craft 
um, in bullet point format because that was how the engineer liked to receive information, bullet point or spreadsheets. So I would craft the scope of a project, the ROI, et cetera, and say, you know, this is what I think needs to be done. You know, would you review it and make any modifications or suggestions, you know, to this particular project or initiative or what have you? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're, if you're being delegated to and you're not getting as much clarity as you would like, then draft what that would look like to your mind. It might be very deliberate on the part of the person delegating to be vague just to test you and see what you're capable of stepping up and doing. Are you Mm -hmm. able to, to build your own roadmap? Right, right. It shows that not only initiative, but it shows vision. It shows that leadership potential, you know, just through that action. Because if you can't effectively communicate to others of what's expected and empower them to do something, you will never grow into a leadership position. It doesn't matter how many tasks done. It doesn't matter how many milestones you meet on time. You will kind of become that person, and I think everybody – that is either it been in business, either seen it or been in that role where you kind of become the department or team where everyone else kicks projects down to. They say, oh, they'll take care of it. Because you're positioned yourself as just the doer, not the visionary, not the leader, not the strategist. You're just the one that gets it all done. And then you get overwhelmed. And even if you try to delegate tasks, it becomes so much that you can't effectively maintain that. No, and if you have aspirations to grow your career, you do not want to be viewed as the quote-unquote worker bee. You do, to your point, Andrea, want to be viewed with someone who is capable of strategic thinking, crafting solutions. You know, part of the job of the delegatee also is if you do need help, you do need resources, um, Reach out to those other departments, those other colleagues, pull them in, and if if they're not willing, then go back to the person that delegated the project in the first place and say, hey, I need you to, you know, make an introductory phone call. I don't know these people in, you know, another geography or another department. I need their help to get this, um, but I need you to open the door for me. Well, you know, a lot of those delegatees, actually, it it simply starts with fear. Because if they've never really done it before, it's, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to ask this person, or maybe I'm not supposed to cross over into this area, or I don't even really know where to start. And then also looking like you don't know where to start can be extremely intimidating. So what happens is, especially in environments where you've walked in and you've, uh, try to start delegating in a case where there hasn't been a lot of delegation that's been at an objective level, at a challenge level, you'll see people freeze. And they'll say, well, you know, I sent this email to so-and-so, but I haven't heard back and I've done nothing since then. And you think, well, gosh, you know, what's, what's the challenge? You know, what's the issue? Why wasn't that followed up? But it's really very fear-based because people are concerned about how they look not only to their boss but to their peers. Yeah, and as as a leader, 
it is your job to reassure the person that, hey, I've put you in charge of this project, and I want you to build that muscle, build that confidence, build that skill, and if you are running into roadblocks, I want you to come and tell me. You know, if people are inexperienced at delegating, they, they may not realize that there is an art to it and that you, you have to find that middle ground between micromanaging and not giving people enough support. And right. the, the opportunity there also is it is a way to test the mettle of your team members. It really oh, is. Sure. You know, back to what we were saying a couple minutes ago about is this a worker bee in perpetuity or is this a, a person with a future? Um, you know, you know I, I fully know? agree, but I think it also goes back to knowing your team skill sets. So it's not just about looking at your list of things and going, all right, I'm going to delegate number one to employee A and number two to employee B. You have to first take the time to understand not just their role, not their title, not what they've been doing for the last 10 years, but what are truly their skill sets? Because if you give, let's say, someone who has been a worker bee and, let's say, just processing documentation for uh, five to seven years at this company and then give them a project that requires project management skills, time management skills, you know, things that are very different from what they're used to, that is going to be an education curve for them. You can't just throw that over the fence and assume that they're going to be able to pick up the ball and know all the steps that they need to do. So you have to almost take that delegation time to help train them to understand that process. So you have to match up what you're delegating to people's skill sets and then fill those gaps with support. Absolutely. And if you're a new manager, you don't start delegating out of the gate. Oh, no. You need to make sure that you learn your people. And, right. you know, you can break that down into both skill and will. Yeah. And yeah, very good point. You, for, but, you know, and that's probably in a whole other podcast, but <laughs> learning, learning your people is, is critical. And if you've never delegated before or you're a new leader, that, that first step really is to just take that step back and allow yourself a certain period of time, you know, 60, 90, 120 days sure. to, to learn your team. Because then you can identify those gaps, those opportunities, those skills. Um, and, you know, you may have some employees that are on the bubble. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you've decided that or maybe someone else told you. But it's also an opportunity to test people and sometimes as leaders we're faced with the 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 difficult task of either coaching people up or coaching people out but right. I would make the argument that no person should ever be surprised to be coached out and there should be a coaching process along the way you can't just say, hey, Bob, you're not analytical enough. We don't want you working here anymore. First, you need to work with Bob. Tell Bob that he needs to work on his analytical skills and give Bob some opportunities to mm -hmm. 
build that skill set. Now, if, if Bob doesn't have the skill to get there or he doesn't have the will to get there, then he needs to be successful someplace else. But you're not doing your job as a leader if you're not coaching and growing your people. And delegation is a big tool in your toolbox to help your team be successful. You know, and to that point, delegation reveals what skills you have and what gaps you need to fill. So to your point about Bob, you might go, you know what, Bob's not really an analytical person. He's never going to be, but I do need one on my team. And maybe there's another department that could use Bob's creative bent. And it's, yeah. it might not be an out of the organization in its entirety, but it gives you a better idea and a map of the landscape of what skill sets you have truly, whether discovered or undiscovered, on your team. And you can't build an effective team if you're all weighted in one area. It doesn't really even matter what it is. You're going to have to have some diversity in skill sets from project management to coordination, communication, analytics in, in any department. And so, cause they all have to interface with other departments. They need those fundamentals. And if you have a whole bunch of people that are very task oriented, you're going to have that gap. And then as a leader, you're going to try to overcompensate and fill that gap with your own time and find out that you don't have the time to effectively do that and not delegate effectively. And then you're back to not developing your people and potentially right. not retaining your talent. So, you know, after you've done that analysis to really understand and get to know your team and their strengths and their gaps, then delegation can be a way to build that team and fill those gaps. Um, you know, and if you're not familiar with networking, with delegating, you're not familiar with delegating or not comfortable with delegating, if you reframe it to employee development and you look at it that way and you've never done it before, maybe you're new, maybe you've just never done it before, maybe you've realized, hey, if I want to move up and manage managers, I've got to show that I can delegate, yeah. then maybe you start, maybe you start small. Maybe you um, look at filling some obvious gaps within the individuals on your team, or maybe you start small just by encouraging them to, them to, you know, broaden their internal network. Or here's a really easy um, kind of low-hanging fruit way to delegate. Send an employee to an external training yeah. and then ask them to come back and report on the training and share what they learned with their colleagues. That yeah, is a fantastic um, approach. But if you're not familiar with delegating, you're not comfortable with delegating, that could be a really easy way to start building your own muscle as a leader. Just, right. hey, I'm going to send you to this, but you're not just going to send that and keep, keep the knowledge with you only. I, I want you to share the wealth, share the knowledge. I'm going to allocate time, you know, 48 hours after you get back, and you're going to teach all of us what you learned. You know, that oh, could completely. be a, an, an easy way to start. And, you know, delegating is like every other um, professional and personal skill set. You can build that muscle. Mm -hmm. And like everything oh, yeah. else, like, like saying no, 
um, like running a marathon, it, it all starts with a, a, a short jog or that first step, that first time you say no, that first time you delegate, it's okay to start small. Right, right. It becomes something where if you set your expectations too high, you're going to be disappointed with the delegation process. And that is a critical thing to note, that it's a process. As you said, it takes time. You can't assume that you're going to delegate and assign 57 things out on day one, and then magically this becomes the way business is for you. It's a practice. It's a process. And you're going to learn and you're going to adjust and you're going to compensate in different ways as you go along. And each individual employee is going to be advancing at a different rate. So you're going to have to adapt your communication skills and delegation pace to that employee because they're all going to grow at different rates. Absolutely. But your job as a leader is to identify that. And right. if, if you're a leader, you do need to develop your team. You need to develop the individuals on your team and if you can't do that, then you're not going to advance in the organization in your career. So it's, it's really incumbent upon a leader to learn to delegate appropriately. And I really do emphasize that word appropriately because, you know, circling back to how we started this conversation, it's not the crap work. It's not the, the really ugly, tense situations that involve delivering bad news that mm -hmm. you, you delegate. Um, you, you have to own the responsibility of delegating. You have to own the responsibility of what you delegate, how you delegate, and doing your best to help the people you've delegated to be successful with the opportunities you've provided for them. And that's kind of the, the key I would leave our conversation with is that delegation is an opportunity for the person on the receiving end to grow. And if you think about it that way, I think as a leader, you can be much more successful. But to your point, it is a practice. And the only way to get better at it is to keep doing it. Oh, fully agreed. You know, and, and my closing thoughts would would piggyback onto that in the sense of making sure that it's not just one assignment. This is fostering along the way. This is setting digestible mile markers. This is following up. This is ensuring that that person has momentum as well as all the resources and tools they need. That's your job as a leader to once you delegate, then help them along the path to success. It's not just about throwing something over the wall. It's about empowering them to actually achieve that goal. Yeah, and you know what? If it doesn't work or it didn't work as well as everybody would have liked, then you learn from it. You do a postmortem, hey, what went well? Yeah. What would have made it even better if or what were the gaps in, you know, the information you were provided or the the process? Um you know, learn from it, move on. If you didn't give somebody enough time, okay, so next time, you know, we will make sure we allocate an hour each day where you don't have to answer the phones or whatever right. is appropriate. It's okay if it's not a perfect outcome. What is okay, though, is if the people involved, both the delegator and the delegatee, 
learn from it, and then they're better next time. And that's okay. Oh, exactly. You know, the, the bottom line is forward motion and ongoing improvement. And nobody ever expects that they're going to become physically fit in a day or lose a certain amount of weight in a day. Everybody understands that that's a process. And, and delegation is the same thing. It takes time, persistence, and patience. And, hey, that's what this podcast is all about, forward momentum yeah. and women helping other women. So we look forward to hearing back from our audience about what they like about our podcast, what more they would like to learn, and if there's any hot issues for the wonderful world of women in manufacturing. Andrea and I would love to hear from our audience. But in the meantime, we wish you well, and we look forward to talking with you next month. Thank you for listening to Women and Manufacturing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.